is that through the sacrifice of Christ, God could, be, could remain just and be the justifier of the godless sinners like you and I. Okay? Uh, God's justice demanded that sin be paid for in full. It satisfied the justice of God. Uh, the need for Christ's death is twofold. Number one, because of God's holiness and justice. God is not like the judge, the imperfect judge, who can say, ah, I'll dismiss the charges, I'll let it slide because I'm not perfect and this guy made one mistake, we'll give him a second chance. God is perfect. He cannot have sin come before him. And so uh, Christ's death on the cross was necessary because of God's holiness and justice, that's number one, and number two, because of man's sinfulness. You see, you got a holy God up there, and you got sinful man down here, and because of our sinfulness, we can't get there. That's why in Matthew 19, 25, and 26, the apostles asked Jesus, How can man be saved? Jesus said, This is impossible for man, but all things are possible with God. The only way to bridge the gap between sinful men and a holy God is the ultimately worthy sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Uh, the results of Christ's death. I've got the verses listed here. Uh, you can look them up when you get home. The results of, of uh, Christ's death. Just turn to Romans 5.8. So I do want to read the last one. But number one, God... And by the way, there are many results of, of Christ's death. The list goes on and on. But there are just five that I want to touch on. Number one, God's justice is satisfied. Okay? So God can say, you know, God does not sweep sins under the rug, okay? He doesn't sweep them under the rug and ignore them. He puts them under the blood. And it's not just any blood, it's the blood of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God's justice is satisfied. Number two, believers are saved and forgiven. John 3, 16 18 tells us, if you believe in Jesus, if you trust in Him for salvation, He saves you and the wrath of God is removed from you. Point number three, Satan is defeated. And I have the verses listed there that he defeated the works of Satan, the archenemy of our Lord. Uh, result number four, God's righteousness is demonstrated. How is God's righteousness demonstrated? What God is saying is, Fernandez, you're so messed up that for me to let you into heaven, I had to allow my son to be slaughtered in your place. That's righteousness. I mean, God just couldn't sweep my sins under the rug. He just couldn't look the other way and ignore it. He had to allow his son to be slaughtered in my place. And point number five, God's love is demonstrated. Look, and we'll close with this, Romans 5, 8, and then we'll receive the Lord's Supper. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, sin, basically in a nutshell, sin is rebellion against God. A little bit later, we're referred to in that passage as God's enemies. So God was not, God did not send Jesus to die for His friends. God sent Jesus to die 
for his enemies. The fact of the matter is we need to recognize that God demonstrated how much he loved us. He loved us enough to sacrifice his son on a wooden cross on a hill called Calvary 2,000 years ago. He sent his son to die in our place. It was his love that drove his son to the cross. And so God demonstrated his love for us on the cross of Calvary. Gary, I'm going to ask you to come up so you can read from 1 Corinthians 11. We're going to receive the Lord's Supper now. And so uh, we're going to have uh, a few guys handing out the elements, the, the bread and the fruit of the vine. When we receive the Lord's Supper today, I want you to really, really focus your attention on the spiritual significance on what occurred on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. The fact of the matter is, you know, it wasn't just a tragic, unexpected death, uh, but it was the Lord Jesus Christ dying as our substitute. There was no other way for us to be saved. Jesus had to take the punishment of the cross if we were to be saved. So I want us right now to focus our minds on the fact that the reason why we're here... Remember in the Catholic Church we used to say the profession of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. If Jesus did not die and rise from the dead, if he was not going to return again someday, there'd be no reason for us to be here. But the fact of the matter is he died for our sins, he rose and conquered death for us, and he's going to return. Now as they're handing out the elements, I want you one other thing I want you to do. Paul tells us to that we should examine our, our our minds, examine ourselves. If there's any sin that you've been committing, anything that you're aware of, uh, that you haven't confessed to the Lord and haven't acknowledged that sin and asked him for forgiveness, do that right now. Uh, the Lord's Supper is not something that you take lightly. Uh, many of the Corinthians were suffering physical hardships. Some of them are even dead because they were hypocritically receiving the Lord's Supper. So go to the Lord. Ask Him for forgiveness even, even in those sins that you're not even aware of. But recognize the fact that when we break the bread and we drink the fruit of the vine, we're doing it in remembrance of the one who was fully God and fully man, who went to the cross and died on the cross for our sins. As soon as you got everything handed out, just look at me if you have the elements. And when everybody does, then I'm going to ask Gary to read from 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26.
First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Okay, if you now take the, the bread, the reason why Jesus has us do this over and over again is so that we never, ever forget the fact that 2,000 years ago on a wooden cross on a hill called Calvary, the carpenter from Nazareth, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, allowed his body to be broken in a horrible and painful way for us. He died so that we could live. And so right now we partake of the bread and we let the Lord Jesus Christ know that we'll never, ever, ever forget. No matter what trials come our way, no matter what, how many things come up that just bring us down, we'll never, ever forget that 2,000 years ago, our precious Lamb of God was sacrificed on the cross and His body was broken so that we could live. Then Jesus told us that not only was the bread symbolic of his broken his body that would be broken for us, but the fruit of the vine was symbolic of his blood that would be shed for us. And that next day his blood was shed for us. And so now we gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we partake of the fruit of the vine, so that we'll never ever forget that the blood of Jesus was shed on the cross of Calvary for our sins so that our sins could be forgiven and we would receive the eternal life that we do not deserve. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being willing to leave the throne room of God. We thank you for being willing to become a man and play the role of a servant and take a horrible death on the cross of Calvary where your body was broken and your blood was shed so that we could live. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. We thank you that you saved us and that you rose from the dead and you conquered death for us. And so, Lord, we proclaim your death over and over again. No matter what the world may think, no matter how many people will mock, we proclaim your name and your death and your resurrection over and over again until you return in glory as King of kings and Lord of lords. We love you, Lord. We thank you for saving us. We pray that you continue to guide us, to lead us, and to empower us 
to be all that you called us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I'd like to play this and let you reflect. And then we'll, uh, we'll end with a, a song for the congregation. Yeah.